Hi there. I'm so excited to welcome you to the Arthritis Life Podcast, where we share arthritis life stories and tips for thriving with autoimmune arthritis. My name is Cheryl Crow, and I am passionate about helping people navigate real life with arthritis beyond joint pain. I've been living with rheumatoid arthritis for 20 years, and I'm also a mom, occupational therapist, video creator, support group leader, and I created the Room to Thrive self-management program. I am so excited to help you live a more empowered life with arthritis. We're going to cover everything from kitchen life hacks to navigating the healthcare system to coping with friends who just don't get it. Seriously, no topic is going to be off limits on this podcast. My interviewees and I share our honest stories of how chronic illness affects our lives. This includes discussions about mental health, sex, shame, pregnancy, body image, advocacy, self-acceptance, and so much more. You'll hear stories from all ends of the spectrum, from a person who's living in Medicaid remission from psoriatic arthritis to somebody living with severe mobility restrictions and severe pain from rheumatoid arthritis. You'll hear how people manage their conditions in different ways, like medications, mindfulness, movement, social support, work accommodations, and so much more. You'll also hear from rheumatology experts who just get it. We'll dive deep into the science behind chronic pain and what's the latest evidence for lifestyle changes that can help you thrive with arthritis, including exercise, sleep, nutrition, stress reduction, and more. This is your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. Hi. My name is Cheryl Crow, and I am passionate about helping people navigate real life with arthritis. I've lived with rheumatoid arthritis for 17 years, and I'm also a mom, teacher, and occupational therapist. I'm so excited to share my tricks for managing the ups and downs of life with arthritis. Everything from kitchen life hacks to how to respond when people say you don't look sick, stress, work, sex, anxiety, fatigue, pregnancy, and parenting with chronic illness. No topic will be off limits here. I'll also talk to other patients and share their stories and advice. Think of this as your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. I'm so excited to have Katina Morrison on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you for actually offering me the opportunity to join you on your platform. Oh, it's it's so great. And can we just start by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself, like where you live and what your relationship to arthritis is? Yes, my name is Katina Morrison. I am a um, registered nurse and a um, chronic illness coach. I live in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and sunny Tampa, Florida. We've been having some cool days recently, but we're, we're jesting, you know, 50s is cold for us. Um, but yes, I live in Tampa, Florida. Um, I actually was um, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in, uh, in 2015. Um, 2015, 2016, around that time frame, actually 2016. And at that time, um, I had actually been suffering with symptoms of it for a period of time, untreated, 
um, while I waited for a diagnosis, I'm seeing multiple providers, but I know we'll get into that um, further on in the discussion, but yes, I have rheumatoid arthritis. I also have fibromyalgia and um, previous to my hysterectomy in 2020, I had endometriosis. So I have a multitude of chronic illnesses and surprise, they all are related in some type of way. Um, and that's what I've learned throughout my journey. Um, I also have many family members who have these illnesses, so my connection runs quite deep with autoimmune disease and chronic illness. Wow. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing. And it really is the saying that I learned at one point is like autoimmune diseases don't like to travel alone, which it always stuck with me because I'm like, yeah, when you have one, you're more likely to have to have more. So um, I know that that's a common question people ask me is like, if I have fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis and I have pain, how do I know which one it's from? And that's probably, you know, a hard question, right? But, um, but first, okay, I'm so not linear, but I try for the podcast <laughs> that to be, I like to start with the diagnosis journey slash saga. I know, unfortunately, like many people, yours was not a very straightforward diagnosis experience for rheumatoid arthritis. And you can, if there's time, I mean, if you want to, you can talk about the fibromyalgia and endometriosis diagnosis as well. But yeah, can you walk us through a little bit, like what were your initial symptoms and, um, you know, what was your treatment like by medical providers, even though you're, you've been a nurse for how long? Sorry. Yes, I've been a nurse for 16 years, but I've worked in the healthcare industry for over 23 years um, now this okay. year. Um, so I've had a long career in the health and wellness industry. Well, and it, so it's always, I don't know why I'm still surprised, but when people are like, you have the expertise of a nurse and you presented with symptoms and it's, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to tell your story, but you weren't even taken perfectly seriously. So let's, I'll give you the microphone to, to share a little about that. Yes. Um, so literally, um, to be honest, my symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis started very early in life. They started um, in childhood, actually. Um, from the moment, um, and to be honest with you, everything literally seemed to start around the same time that I started my menstrual cycle. Um, and I developed symptoms that I now know more than 25 years later were consistent with endometriosis. Um, so once I started developing those symptoms, soon after I also started developing pain in my joints and my hands um, and my knees and in my um, feet and toes very young in life. Um, I would say as early as 11, 12 years old. Um, and when I would go to my doctors, they always informed me that it was, oh, I'm too young to have um, anything like arthritis. It's just growing pains. Um, but those growing pains can, can um, extend to be throughout my life, throughout my teenage years. And I just, they, they informed me, just take Tylenol, rest, you know, take a hot bath. And that's what I would, would do. But as life progressed, those symptoms would come and go. They would be intermittent. So as my life progressed and in 2000, all the way up until 2012, I was in a very severe um, car accident. Um, and in that car accident, during that car accident, um, it, my husband and I um, literally almost lost our lives. We were on vacation in Jamaica. And it was a very traumatic experience that resulted in um, PTSD. 
um, as a result of it. But one of the other things that resulted was that those symptoms that would frequently come and go actually stayed constant from that time. And that's when the swelling became consistent and the pain in my hands and in my um, elbows, my knees, my feet, throughout my body became consistent. Um, because there was trigger point pain, the doctors originally said, oh, this is fibromyalgia. Um, and so that was the original diagnosis. But fibromyalgia is not usually consistent with pain um, in your hands um, or um, the swelling that I was having to those areas. So eventually um, I had to go to multiple different practitioners. Um, eventually, uh, after going to about 12 different doctors, hand specialists, rheumatologists, um, uh, different types of naturopaths and different types of physicians, Eventually, four years later, I finally was um, referred by my my um, OBG by my um, primary care physician to one of her friends who took me seriously. Previous to that, a doctor told me your pain is in your head. If you see swelling, if you think swelling, you'll see swelling. If you think pain, you'll feel pain. Um, this was me as a registered nurse hearing this, um, mm -hmm. and finally, as I mentioned, the doctor who my um, primary care physician referred me to after me letting her know, listen, I've been in consistent pain now for four years um, and I'm not getting any help. Um, I'm trying natural things that give me some relief, but I need actually medical attention to these, um, these issues. Um, in time, I was able to get the solutions. But right after that, once that rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis pro um, was provided and I got the treatments, I was able to get more relief in con combination with some of the natural things I tried, as well as um, was able to get additional diagnosis. Finally, the endometriosis was finally diagnosed as well. So around it, um, before it was considered just, I was having fibroids and cysts, but they, it seems as if they realized that, oh, you have rheumatoid arthritis. So this connects to this condition as well as I did research and my doctors did research. Actually, it's a high, it's a high um, level of patients with rheumatoid arthritis who also have all of these other conditions, um, female related conditions. So my journey was that a lifetime of chronic illness and pain, but no diagnoses until about 25 years um, of struggling and after that traumatic car accident. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear about that car accident and the resulting PTSD. That's just, it's such a difficult experience to go through, even if you hadn't already been living with so much chronic pain. So thank you for, for sharing that. And I'm glad that you and your husband survived. Um, and uh, I wanted to ask just a couple follow-up questions. Um, were, were you able to work during this time? Like, okay, how did you manage that? I, I think that to myself sometimes. I think like, how did I do that? I don't know. So it's okay if you don't know. You, you know, oftentimes, um, as, and I think it's as women, we push through, um, especially when I had lived so long with pain, I oftentimes would just continue to push through. Um, and I would have times that I would have to take off, time off of work um, for 
periods of time, but I would go to work with my TENS unit on, um, <laughs> go to work with my TENS unit on with my essential oils or whatever I needed to assist me um, and just push through. Um, I, the funny thing is that's what, what a podiatrist that I saw said to me. Um, and can we pause for a second? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Yes, and the strange thing is, as you mentioned that, the a podiatrist that I saw prior to my diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis, I was going to him and he saw my feet and he said, this is obviously rheumatoid arthritis. I don't know why the doctors haven't diagnosed you. And he said, usually people who have rheumatoid arthritis also have um, issues with neuromas these small tumors that attach to the nerves, um, nerve endings. And that's what I had. He said I, he had in 36 years of his career, he had never seen someone with such bad, um, a, such a bad case of neuromas in his career. In fact, also because I have a foot deformity, I had fractures throughout my feet as well from the years of walking improperly that no one had ever addressed. As I was talking about this foot pain, no one ever took x-rays of my feet. Um, no one, they, they never, just wear Dr. Scholl's insoles is what I was always referred to do. He did ultrasounds in that first appointment and he said, this is rheumatoid arthritis. You have um, the most case of neuromas that I've ever seen in, in a person's feet and ankles. And on top of it, you have fractures throughout your feet. He said, how, he said, how did you walk through all this pain? And, he's, and, and his answer was only a woman could be able to um, have obviously be going through excruciating pain, but continue to push through. And that's why I want, um, why I tell my story as a woman is because we, we push through, but in pushing through, some, sometimes we can do more damage to ourselves than good. It's important for us to, while we're pushing through, fight for solutions and fight for answers because I endure pain for too long in my life without solution. And it was, it was not, um, it was, I don't recommend or want that for anyone else. Uh, absolutely. And I know that currently there's a lot more research being done on like racial disparities in healthcare. And I just, you know, want to, if you're comfortable with me bringing it up, you know, that people like people, you know, um, black indigenous and people of color are much more likely to experience a delay in diagnosis for any condition that causes pain, like your pain and, you know, is not taken as seriously as a Caucasian person like me, even though mine just for the record also wasn't taken seriously for anyone listening. So there's also the intersection between, you know, uh, feminine, you know, women's issues, you know, gender and, and race, but I can't help but think that must maybe had something to do with it as well. I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. If you want to speak to it. Yes, I'm definitely comfortable with speaking to it because actually, you know, as a health professional um, and as a Black woman, um, I definitely have experienced that, you know, um, and I've seen it throughout my life, um, seeing how the disparities between the patients that I've cared for and the disparities between the care I receive and also close friends and family members of mine, their experiences, you know, are unfortunately we live in a society that does, is not all, not only a patriarchy, um, but it also is a society that still um, has 
all of these deficits that are that could be associated with stereotypes um, and and can be, can influence the way that people care for someone because of the color of their skin or um, or these perceptions that they have carried with them and they don't even know that they have them because especially as a registered nurse to tell a nurse that if you think pain you'll feel pain if you um if you think swelling you'll see swelling um and to um, think that someone who's not asking for pain medicine is seeking pain medicine. Um, imagine what that podiatrist saw in my feet. Imagine the excruciating pain I was going through. I should be someone who, who really needed pain medications, but I never requested it. I requested solutions. I requested diagnostic testing. And unfortunately, the society we live in um, has created an area that um, the delayed care that people of um, color receive, um, Black women and men and, and other um, people um, who of other races receive also leads to um, poor results in their care, in their health, meaning the delayed care means that these um, that you're in, at increased risk for other conditions like pulmonary hypertension pulmonary hypertension or cardi, the effects of it affecting your heart. Um, so sometimes those things are not genetic, but it's because of the delayed care that you now have these additional health conditions. So it really is something that needs to be addressed in our society. And these type of conversations, I'm so glad that you asked that question, actually brings attention to, it doesn't matter what your um, socioeconomic status is, um, what your um, what your profession is. Um, if you are a person of color, there's a great chance that you will not receive the um, care and the treatment that you deserve, but you can work to get it um, by, through self-advocacy. And that's one of the things that are a part of the things that I teach and educate people about is the importance to advocate for yourself and to find the providers that are going to provide you the care and treatment and respect that you deserve. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, it's really fascinating that you can see it from both the patient and the health provider perspective, you know, witnessing disparities over the years. And I know that um, the American College of Rheumatology has been doing a lot of efforts over the last couple of years, um, you know, that are trying to say, hey, you know, even just updating the textbooks, you know, you say, okay, they say warm for rheumatoid arthritis, warm, tender, pink skin on your joints. It's like, well, wait a minute, you know, that's, it's pink. If you're Caucasian, like me, I have like transparent skin. Like I could like see my veins through my skin, but like, it's not going to necessarily look pink on everyone's skin, you know, and they're updating the, the pictures that go in the textbooks for the lupus rash and everything. So just even it's so many layers to it. You know, it's the, it's the treatment you get in terms of being listened to and those kind of soft skills and just the kind of default quote unquote person that is like talked about. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like, you know, it's like when people talk about a, a the default person is like a male in general, or like the default person is like a Caucasian person in our culture. So, um, so anyways, yeah, thank, thank you for sharing about that. And, um, you know, like, it's just wonderful that you're able to, like you said, turn your, you know, negative experiences or your un uncomfortable experiences with having to suffer so long, so long, too long without answers. And now you're helping others, um, you know, through your coaching. And, um, I want to get into that, but first I keep meaning to ask, 
what um, nursing setting were you in? Like what kind of nursing were you doing? You, you know, throughout my, I, my 16 years as a nurse and, and prior to that, other ancillary work that I did within the health um, and wellness industry, I have worked in from the hospital setting to the clinic setting. And um, thankfully, I was able to maneuver my career to a work from home setting. Um, so I um, currently also work um, in the corporate side of things and quality um, and uh, quality assurance as far as ensuring that the healthcare data that um, we, we process is meeting the standards that, that members and patients are getting the quality of care that they deserve and it's being documented appropriately. Um, so it was um, nice and a blessing because not everyone with um, disabilities or with, um, with rheumatoid arthritis and other conditions are able to have that opportunity to work from home. But when my career transitioned, it was at the perfect time. It was actually before that car accident took place. And it allowed me the opportunity to be able to have more flexibility, to be able to go to my room and lay down when I need to and get back to work and still be productive from my bed if I need to. So yes, um, I've worked, um, like I said, from the hospital setting, clinic setting, and, and now for several years, I've been working from home. And I really appreciated that, especially in the times we're living in right now. I was going to say, I think so many will resonate with that. And it, it, it actually is so great you're mentioning that because or sorry, the reason I said actually is that most people would not imagine that there'd be a lot of opportunities to work as a nurse from home. Like it would almost seem like that's one of the least likely in my brain, like my stereotype of what it would be like to be a nurse is like, oh, you have to be on your feet 12 hours a day. Like my sister's a night shift NICU, neonatal ICU nurse. And so she's, she's gone, gone and from like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. or gone longer than that include the commute but point being you know it's great to know that like in the ot world we call those like non-clinical jobs i don't know if it's the same in rn you know but you don't have to necessarily be like at the bedside to still do that career because i know i get that question a lot from people with rheumatoid arthritis or other um, inflammatory you know rheumatic diseases you know they a lot of us are interested in working in healthcare, right? Like, and you know, you, in your case, you worked in healthcare before your official diagnosis, but you clearly lived with health, you know, challenges for a while. And so, but then there's this, there's this fear of like, am I going to be able to actually sustain that job? Like, am I going to be too tired or, um, so it's great that you found a job and within nurse where you can use your nursing skills and expertise while still meeting your body's needs for rest. And yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Um, yay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really bad at ending sentences. <laughs> this is only episode 61. So I'm still learning. No, <laughs> that's I know okay. I know. <laughs> I am I'm just like that. <laughs> oh, I know it's okay. You know what people like list. Hopefully people like listening to pe real people, which is <laughs> we're real. We make mistakes. That's okay. Yeah. So, okay. So now, uh, <laughs> again, attempting to be linear, <laughs> Um, so I, I want to hear more if you want to, to share more about, you know, how your journey inspired you to help others through your LLC and all other endeavors called Nurse Loves Essentials, which I love that name. Sorry, just to begin with, it's a great name. And um, yeah, can you walk us through a little bit about how did that evolve and what do you do today with that? 
Yes. Um, you know, as when I transitioned my career from the setting, from the hospital setting, clinic setting to working from home, initially it was my first stage was doing coaching um, for an insurance company um, where I would do disease management for chronic illnesses for that particular company. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, very much. And I just remembered as I transitioned my career further into the quality assurance area of things and, and auditing and um, that I was getting pulled away from that thing that brought me that joy that really filled my tank um, where I was actually having that one-on-one -on -one connection with the um, patients and the members. So um, and when 2020 hit, um, and I had more time on my hand, I realized that I was really missing that aspect of things. And I noticed how on social media, there were so many people who were providing education on things of like, you know, how to be confident um, or education on social media strategies, things like that. And I was like, I don't see many people who look like me who are providing education on health and wellness. And I said, another thing I don't see is anyone providing that specifically to our community with people with autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses. But that's because I, believe it or not, I, um, had not actually um, seen it yet. And it was when I, I said, one, one day it just came to me, I was like, um, I want to educate people about their health. I want to help people through their journeys. I've been doing that for my friends and family members for some time. My, why not grow that? And I started my page on Instagram um, in June. And, um, and, and I woke up one morning and said, well, I'm going to post my first post and let's see what happens. It was my first public page ever. So I was like, I don't know what I started out with zero followers. And um, a month later, that zero followers were like was like 250. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm on to something here. I can literally take this to actually creating a coaching business because people were, um, were reaching out to me, asking me, would you, are you providing coaching? Could you be my coach? And I was like, okay, that's the next phase. Let me go ahead and start those services. So once um, I created my um, LLC, I created my... Um, my, my um, paid website, and I started seeing clients. And I tell you, it's been the most um, fulfilling thing that I've done, um, honestly, to really be able to connect with people and see them transform. Um, as with Nurse Loves Essentials, I, I say that I assist women with chronic illnesses and autoimmune diseases to reach their best quality of life. And my focus is on mindset, self-advocacy, and educating and implementing on natural and holistic methods. And my goal and what I do for women is assist them with decreasing that time of struggle that I went through. It's important for us to learn how to thrive um, and not just survive our conditions. And that's um, what, uh, what my journey was. It went from, I've left that world of bedside nursing, but I still want that connection. I still want to help others. And what better way to help others than doing something that connects to our personal journeys. Um, and that's been a, a blessing for me and a privilege. And I'm so excited to continue in this journey. Yeah, that's so great. I really do think that working with people just in general, the helping fields like occupational therapy or, you know, nursing or teaching, you know, these are fields that 
or, you know, counseling, they're like a calling, right? So yeah, like I also have left like a traditional, um, you know, occupational therapy, you know, work setting, but it's like, I knew, I know, I always knew I was going to come back to like, you know, um, doing it like now I do it. And, uh, I, I use my skills through more of like a, like a coaching, you know, model versus a direct therapy model. But, um, anyway, yeah, I really resonate with that, you know, being able to say, okay, like, here's my, here's the, the, the struggles I had, and here's how you can kind of fast track yourself to a better quality of life and not have to do it the hard way. Like we did it right. <laughs> Please avoid the hard way. And I will say that Cheryl is doing an amazing job with all the life hacks that she shows. I, I, I even look and I'm like, oh, I need to apply that. So I appreciate everything um, that you're doing too. You're doing an amazing job educating and teaching others. And that's beautiful to take what you've learned from your occupational therapy background and incorporate it into really touching the lives of others. So if no one ever told you, oh, thank um, we you. all are admired, I, not just me, because I, I read the, the comments too. We uh -huh. all admire everything that you are doing. And so keep up the amazing work. No. Inspiration. I Thank you. And right, right back at you. I mean, it's amazing. I actually did not know until today that you didn't even start your page till June of 2021. Cause yeah, now you have 1,585 followers as of the time of this recording, which is amazing. And it's also, you know, of course about the depth, like the depth of impact is just as important as the breadth, you know? And so, um, so I do think you, you mentioned, you know, you, you didn't see anyone, I want to touch on that. You didn't see anyone that looked like you in the kind of coaching and wellness world. And that really is something that I, I know that um, some organizations, like I mentioned, the American College of Rheumatology and like Creaky Joints, which is an ad advocacy nonprofit for, uh, for multiple health conditions, including arthritis conditions. It's like really trying to, a lot of people are trying to amplify, you know, voices of, of people of color, not just have the, you know, uh, there was a really great Instagram post I saw once that said like, not everyone with a chronic illness is a skinny white woman, <laughs> you know, when I'm like, oh gosh, I am like, I mean, all I can do is share my own personal story, right. On, on like a daily basis, like, cause just for capacity, but also I, it, I do feel an obligation to amplify voices of people that are not nor you know, not necessarily, again, that like kind of default, um, you know, image that comes up for people when they re look up, oh, rheumatoid arthritis. Like I even was trying to, you know, look on TikTok, okay, for people who are not skinny white women who have rheumatoid arthritis. And like, I had to scroll for a long time. And, and I, that might also be because the, the, my feed is curated for what they think I'm interested in. So it might, you know, might be my fault too for not, anyway. It's there's problems. There's <laughs> we problems. Got problems. Yeah. I'm so, but this is the other thing that I admire about you is that um, while you may be, as you mentioned, that the default, you are doing the work to make it inclusive. Diversity and inclusion, it, inclusion and diversity is important throughout all aspects of my life. It shouldn't just be about our work environments. It should be seen across social media um, and in all aspects of our lives. And you, you even having me on here and openly discussing this because that is a problem that um, when people don't see people who look like them, um, it is sometimes difficult for them to connect to the journeys and the stories. 
But when we make it inclusive, it helps so many people. It broadens the audience and the impact that we all can have together. Um, and we need to come together, especially in um, the autoimmune disease, chronic illness, rheumatoid arthritis, which we connect on communities because we need solutions. We need support, um, but we need it for everyone, not just, not just the default client or patient. Um, it's, it needs to be for everyone. And I appreciate the work you're doing to, to improve that. Well, thank you. And I do, you know, I, I've mentioned before, but just, you know, for anyone listening, you know, privilege doesn't mean that you did anything wrong because people send when sometimes people get like uh caucasian people or white people kind of are like oh, well that's not my fault or you know like i didn't do anything it's like does acknowledging you have privilege doesn't mean that you made a mistake it just means that you have an advantage an unearned advantage through no work of your own just through your what you were born looking like and your your um, you know, socioeconomics potentially, you know, I think thinking about health privilege kind of helps people realize, yeah, like it's, it's not someone's fault who was born with a health condition, you know, but that, that, or someone who was not born with a health condition, if you're born totally healthy, you have a health privilege. It doesn't mean that you did something wrong, but it means that you have an advantage. You know, if you were born able to move your body versus somebody with like severe cerebral palsy, you know, anyway, but I want to, um, uh, I want to make sure I talk about mindset a little bit, because that's like, I always joke that for arthritis life, my real tagline for myself, for my business is come for the life hacks, stay for the emotional support, <laughs> because I love sharing life hacks. And that's like part of the bread and butter of occupational therapy. But the deeper work is what, what really kind of lights me up is like figuring out how do we accept and how do we, you know, persevere. And you mentioned thriving, you know, how do we, thrive mentally, not just physically with, um, while living with chronic illness. So, you know, what are some of the tips, I guess, mindset tips, mindset being like a broad word that people interpret differently, but mindset tips that you find helpful for you managing multiple chronic pain conditions. Yeah. Well, you know, um, strangely enough, I was just talking to another person that you're aware you you know, um, our, um, Christina Montoya, um, arthritis dietitian, um, she is a good friend of mine. And we were talking about this exact same thing, not long before this, that the importance of mindset, how intrinsic it is in order for us to be able to cope with living with um, it. Now, mindset does not heal you, but it is a starting point to it. Um, because as I mentioned to you, I myself um, lived, suffered from PTSD as a result of the car accident. And um, it also brought on depression. Um, but it was me really having, changing my mindset to get the help that I needed at that time. Um, and also learning to do things that actually helped me to heal emotionally and mentally. Um, for me, that's journaling is, is a major part of it. And that's also um, why I partnered with MindFlight Journal because they're a chronic illness um, journal. They have a chronic illness journal that helps you not only to document your health, your health conditions, but also to improve the mindset towards positivity through prompts and more. Um, and that particular um, journaling has helped me. I'm a person who does um, also, uh, I'm a poet and, and a songwriter. When I went back to literally writing my thoughts and writing positive affirmations, citing those, um, and then looking at my health condition through the, eyes, um, through the eyesight of um, growth mindset, 
rather than um, seeing it as this terrible thing that was placed upon me. I don't know if I can live um, anymore with this. Um, you have those moments that you feel like that, literally, and, and then those stages where I could barely when my feet touched the ground and it would bring me to my knees in pain and crying or waking up in that, it can be so hard to see the brighter side of things. But the beautiful thing is, the beautiful side of things was that I was still living and I still had time to find solutions. I could do things little by little that could help me. Um, implementing, like I said, natural and holistic things such as essential oils or um, finding natural path physicians and practitioners that could help me. Um, so that's what I encourage is um, let's look at growth, look at our health from this mindset of growth mindset. Let's see that each, each thing that we go through is a learning experience um, and see every challenge as something that we can and we will overcome and never give up in doing that. And what also helps me in that area was connecting with others and finally sharing my story. The problem is oftentimes we go through things and we isolate. And we stay quiet because we don't think that anyone else is going through what we're going through. But like you said, look at my page. I started at zero to, to over 1,500 um, in this time frame. Um, and then there's uh, many other counts of people with autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses. There's so many people like us. What if none of us started a page? What if none of us actually reached out and connected with our friends and our family members and others to share our journeys? How can we help others um, learn to thrive and not just survive by showing how we did it? And that's what my mindset was, is that I need to share what I have experienced to help um, and change the lives of others. Um, and it started with that flicker of, hey, what we hear in the corporate side of thing about um, growth mindset, I look, I look at health from that side, mind, that mindset too, developing that wellness mindset throughout life. So it's, um, it's really what has helped me to overcome my challenges and to overcome the, the, the battles and struggles with depression and PTSD um, from long periods of time or chronic Ill pain. Now I see, I'm so happy each day to wake up and I started off journaling and with positive affirmations. That's amazing. And I just have to ask, did you go through any formal therapy with like a psychologist or psychiatrist or counselor for the PTSD specifically? I didn't, um, I did not go through formal um, um, with a therapist. What I did, and to be honest with you, um, my doctors became my therapist. I had oh. long relationships with them um, mm -hmm. and I was so comfortable with them. It was while I was working um, with that particular um, primary care physician who I've, I've had as a doctor now for 11 years or so, um, and my OBGYN who um, helped me through those struggles with endometriosis. Literally, they, they had those conversations with me. And I, ha I did have to receive some treatment at one point of medication to assist me through the process. But once I got on my feet and I got to see things clearer, that's when these other techniques that I was implementing um, really helped me. Now, I do encourage others who, um, when you are struggling with mental health, and when you um, are not able to um, find ways to overcome it, when each day just becomes a burden to you, um, don't let it even get to that point. 
literally open up and talk about it. Um, in the health industry, um, in, in the clinic setting, there's a, um, a assessment that's done that's called a PHQ-9. And as a nurse, when I answer those questions, I could easily just tell an untruth or tell a lie about how I was feeling. But I finally was very honest about how I was feeling. And my doctor then provided me um, this, what I needed to be able to, to cope. And then once I got on that journey, implementing other mindset um, techniques helped me through the process. Um, and you, believe it or not, nutrition, exercise, um, has a lot to do with how we feel overall too. And I wasn't doing well in those areas at one point. Um, so yes, but I do highly recommend answering those questions, um, uh, you know, correctly and appropriately and honestly, um, not correctly, honestly, and um, getting the help that you personally need. And it's different for each person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of my little, um, what would I say? Soap boxes that I, I do really think that there is a stigma against getting help. And I will say that getting formal help, you know, and I didn't go seek to seek real therapy from a, you know, psychologist until I was having a lot of symptoms of postpartum depression, which, and I still didn't actually seek it until my son was a little over a year old. Cause I was like, okay, now this is lasting too long. Like this is you know, I kept thinking it's about to get better. And that's where sometimes a mindset that's over-optimistic actually is not helpful, right? Because I was kind of delusional. Like I was, anyway, so that's my other story. But formal, so this is where I think there's there's so many different tangents I could go on, but I will say for any, like any psychologists or health providers listening, there is a little bit of a awkwardness in the, in the uh, balance, I think sometimes in the, in the communities between like anyone right now could call themselves a health coach. Like I could literally just open a website and be like, I'm a health coach and I'm going to coach your mindset and I'm going to help you heal all your traumas. And like, there is a point at which people need, so I, I know I'm not saying that you're doing this. So first of all, you already are, you're a nurse. And so you already have some expertise, but like, if you're experiencing like a, a lot of issues, like, you know, get, getting pleasure out of activities and things that formerly brought your pleasure, or if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety, my symptoms were more anxiety, which feels really productive. Like when you feel anxiety, it feel, it's like the opposite of depression, right? In some ways, like, cause depression isn't sadness, right? Depression is a lack of volition and a lack of feeling. So you kind of like feel nothing. And then, so anxiety is like feeling too much. You're like, I'm worried, I'm worried. I'm freaked out. Like, I'm like, what's going to happen. And so, um, uh Oh, where'd my train of thought go? Oh, point being that like, you know, there's a, a point where yes, like, a, a, like some random person calling himself a health coach, I'm sure it would have been helpful for me to get some co mindset coaching or health coaching, but I really needed like a form, like t the complexity of what I was going through with managing, you know, I don't, how am I supposed to know if I'm finding pleasure in formally ple in, in former activities? If I've never been a mom before, <laughs> how much pleasure am I supposed to have? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I was just, if there's the rheumatoid arthritis flare up and there was, so long story short, I just, for anyone who's really struggling, I think when I hear PTSD, I think, oh my gosh, like, you know, first of all, you're obviously clearly a very mentally strong person. <laughs> so like as evidenced by like literally a doctor saying like in 36 years, I've never seen anyone who can just like walk with feet like yours. Like, so don't feel bad if you're like, wow, she didn't even quote unquote need to go to like a psychologist or psychiatrist. Like sh maybe I sh don't have to, like, if you're struggling it's so good to get the help you need. And again, I've had health coaches and chronic illness coaches on the podcast, you know, uh, other than you. And I, I don't, I'm not bashing anyone, but you know what I'm saying? There's like a little bit of an awkwardness Aww. 
Yeah. I agree because um, we need to get the appropriate provider to give us the appropriate care when we need it. Now, all of us are on different spectrums of things. And you, you would have to understand why I may have not um, went ahead that traditional route. Um, you would have to, that would be a whole another story that goes from childhood to now. But thankfully, I was able to get the help from my primary care physician and the treatment that I needed, and then to be able to utilize those mindset strategies. But I do not feel that um, as a nurse, I don't function as a therapist. I don't function as a nutritionist. Um, those are not my scope of care. Um, you know, that everyone needs to function in within the scope that is um, appropriate to them. As a nurse, you, um, I have a background in training that most health coaches do not. Um, so that's also why I chose to go into this area, because I also didn't see a lot of nurses who were using their knowledge and their experience and evidence-based practice understanding to really help others. But I totally support if you need or if you have health conditions um, such as this, most in most cases, um, you need a doctor to treat your condition. I believe that we can use um, natural methods in conjunction with medicinal methods to reach the um, optimal health care, you know, optimal level of health that we each can achieve. I do not believe that you, if you have um, health conditions, that the only solution is natural, natural, natural. We all hope that it would be, um, and but it's not always the case. I take Humira, okay? That's, that's you know, I, I take Humira, but I also utilize many other natural things. But please, please seek the appropriate health care and treatment that you need from the appropriate professionals and understand where a coach is supposed to assist and what their scope yeah. of care should be. Um, but I do agree with you. You are not bashing. You're telling the truth. And yeah. I believe in the truth. <laughs> yeah, no. And thank you. Yeah. You, you summarized that better than I, than I was. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I think that everyone, everyone's just looking, looking for, you know, looking to get the best quality of life they can possibly get. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very open to the fact that I've been on biologics for 19 years, you know, I've had a couple of different ones and, you know, the, and so I do share people's stories who, you know, I, I have also integrated some lifestyle, you know, interventions, of course. Um, and I teach them in my, you know, room to thrive program and my art, rheumatoid arthritis roadmap course. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think that, yeah, and, and all uh, one or the other approach is not really the most helpful for most people. It's not natural versus Western. It's which one of both of these can help me the most, you know, in trial and error. So, um, gosh, I want to talk about so many more things, but unfortunately, I have a time constraint and our listeners also don't have endless time. So sadly, um, but so is there anything else that you'd like to share that I didn't already ask about or any advice you have for newly diagnosed patients? Those are always the questions I like to end on. Yes. Um, you know, the truth is what we just talked about basically sums up what a new person needs to understand. Um, most, most, you know, we live in a time where um, natural is, is the hope for everyone. Um, and when you're diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis um, or autoimmune, any chronic illnesses, it can be a challenge to know where to get the best source of truth and, and, and what's gonna work for you. But the truth is, 
it's a journey. It is a journey, but it does not have to be a journey in which you um, struggle um, consistently. It's, it, it can be a journey in which you grow um, and you understand things and you, you see that in many cases, it, it will come down to mindset. Having the mindset to be able to understand that I'm going through challenges, but you know what? I can get through this, but not a mindset that's going to lead to delusions, like you said. Now, we're not saying positive mindset is all that there is, but that positive mindset is a stepping stone to you seeking the um, treatment that you need from the appropriate professionals and also um, combining in those natural and holistic methods that can assist you. Um, it took me some time to find the ones that worked well for me. I'm a person who went from taking 10 different medications to now only taking one, which is my biologic. And that is um, something that can be possible, um, but for, for others, if, but just as I mentioned, I'm taking a medicine, but combining it with natural and holistic methods. So consider all of the array of options that you have. Don't limit yourself to just one thing and don't get disappointed because one thing doesn't work. Try, try all of the things that you're comfortable with and know that your journey can be one in which you thrive and which you succeed in reaching your health goals and that you can have success despite your chronic illnesses. I'm proof for you. I'm a person who lived for over 25 years with multiple chronic illnesses, but I've still been able to maintain, find ways to work from home. Um, and that's worked for me. Um, and also to start becoming an entrepreneur, something I never thought as a nurse that I would be able to do. And then to be able to have the opportunity to share my journey with wonderful people like Cheryl, um, who is um, doing so much within the community. This is what my goal was, was to connect with a community that uplifts, inspires, educates, and motivates. And um, I want you all, all of my newly diagnosed um, uh, rheumatoid arthritis warriors to connect with this community and find the, you know, and you will experience um, the, the joy um, that comes from really um, not just um, learning from each other, but inspiring one another. So that's all I have to, to share in that. And I hope that it has touched you all. But thank you, Cheryl. I tell you, it was so nice to meet you. I tell I you. You too. Seriously, mm -hmm. I really want to come down to Florida and visit you. <laughs> yes, right in Tampa. Come on down. I mean, the sun is shining out there right now. You can see it coming through the window just a bit. Um, but oh my it's um, definitely come on down. And I look forward to more discussions because it felt like we had so much more to talk about. I know. I just, <laughs> yeah, we need to have another follow-up for sure. But yeah, thank you so, so much. And they, people can find you at Nurse Loves Essentials, right? And that's, you have a website plus Instagram, Twitter, everything else. So I'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much um, for that. And also, um, if I could um, mention too, I mentioned that um, Mind Flight Journal, um, if you're interested in it, um, you can use my coupon code, all capital letters, Nurse Love, for a 15% discount. Um, mm -hmm. And um, you can check out their website as well to learn more about it or my page. I, I bring information about it as well. So that's one thing that the audience um, can have is that nice um, coupon code that will assist them in starting that journey of journaling um, and that healing through mindset techniques.
Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for everything you've done. I'm really, really impressed by what you've been able to accomplish in what is it? Seven months, eight months. It's, it's incredible. It really is like you've taken all your different personal experiences and professional skills and kind of combined them into a wonderful set of resources and inspiration. Like you said, it was really, it was really, um, what's the word <laughs> again, Elo eloquent. It was like, you said, inspire, uplift, motivate, and educate. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's perfect. That's, I resonate with that. Yeah. <laughs> My memory works. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I conquered brain fog. No, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking again. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. It's been a pleasure. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Room to Thrive, a membership and support community where you'll learn how to develop your own Thrive toolbox so you can live a full life despite your rheumatic disease or chronic illness. Learn more in the show notes or by going to www.myarthritislife.net. You can also connect with me on my social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok. Check out the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Arthritis Life Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Room to Thrive, an educational program I created from scratch to help you go from overwhelmed to confident, supported, and connected in a matter of weeks. You can go through the pre-recorded course on your own, or you can take the course along with a support group. Learn more at the link in my show notes, or you can always go to www.myarthritislife.net. And if you like this podcast, I would be so honored if you took the time to rate and review it. I also encourage you to share it with anyone you know who might benefit from it. I also wanted to remind you that you can find full transcripts, videos, and detailed show notes with hyperlinks for each episode on my website, www.myarthritislife.net. If you have any ideas for future episodes, or if you want to share your story or wisdom on the podcast, just shoot me an email at info at myarthritislife.net. I can't wait to hear from you.